Mail Shark, the auto repair direct mail marketing experts. Whether your goal is to increase car count or retain customers, Mail Shark has an affordable solution for your shop. Call 484-928-7790 or visit themailshark.com/asa. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, the program for automotive professionals that keeps you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. I am your host, Katherine Buckley-Tessum, and we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association representing the voice of independent mechanical and collision repair professionals nationwide. Howdy y'all. Welcome to episode 120 of the Automotive Service Association podcast. Like my intro said, I'm Catherine Buckley-Tessum and I'll be your host on this podcast that is all about sharing what's new, what's now, and what's next in the automotive industry. I am so excited to be welcoming Dan Sander to the show today. Dan is the general manager at Fix Auto Highlands Ranch in Littleton, Colorado. He also currently serves the Automotive Service Association as the general director and serves ASA Colorado as the collision president. Dan, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on with you. Well, I know we've been talking a lot to jump right into the show portion. If you will introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today. Again, my name is Dan Stander with Fix Auto Highlands Ranch in Littleton, Colorado. We're a, a family-owned collision repair facility. We've been in business since 1983. Back in the day, my family, it seems like, has always been fixing cars. I've had uncles that have had re- auto repair shops, auto body repair shops. My grandfather's had an auto body repair shop. Uh, my dad also has had an auto body repair shop. Uh, we're the one that kind of is, is left standing in the, the family, but I've like a lot of people in the business, I grew up in this business. I can remember being a youngster coming in, sweeping floors, um, doing any kind of little task that needed to be done or help done. Probably a lot of times getting in the way sometimes of the family business, especially when you're, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. I think probably I got on the books when I was about 12 years old. And that was kind of my, probably my start of the career in the, in the body shop business during junior high school and, and high school and working after high school. I was a painter's helper. Well, I, I did not like being a painter's helper. It was it was rough because if a lot of you guys remember back in the day, it was all about wet sanding. So your hands were wet, your feet were wet, you're rubbing your fingerprints off. Maybe if you're lucky, your hands were bleeding a little bit from the sandpaper didn't like that. So I was lucky enough to got moved over to the, the body side and I was a bodyman's helper. Uh, again, with sweeping floors and cleaning toilets and all that good stuff. That's uh, uh, that very much value added work for uh, a young, a young man, you know, to keep me going in the right direction. But then, you know, I'd help disassemble cars, set cars up on the frame rack. I learned a lot, especially from a lot of the guys that I got partnered up with uh, being in the family business. And I think being the boss's son, for some of you probably can realize there's some other challenges when it's the, you're, you're the family member's son because they think maybe you get special treatment. So then maybe you get treated differently by the guys and gals in the shop. And I learned a lot. I, I really learned a lot. So once I turned 16, 
uh, everything kind of changed a little bit because I had my driver's license. And back in the day, the only way you could get typically paid from an insurance company was if you went to one of their claims offices and picked up a check. So I became, I, I call it the shop gopher, you know, when something was needed to be done, Dan, go for this, Dan, go for that. So I had my driver's license. So it was kind of like a new chapter of my life in the business of understanding some of the different aspects of the body shop and insurance business. Cause obviously it was, uh, it was hand in hand at that time. Then I became an estimator, um, started doing some managing and, and now kind of to running the shop as it is now. And, and again, I, I think it was a really good journey because I did also get my associate's degree from a local community college. I then got a bachelor's degree in business administration from university of Colorado but honestly, I think the years of working in the body shop gave me an even better degree just because my folks had always taught me that it's okay not to have the answers. And a lot of times I didn't have the answers and I don't think they even had the answers, but they always said to reach out and try to get with somebody that's smart of you and find, find the answer. And I was very lucky because Ever since I can remember, um, we've been part of the Automotive Service Association. And a big part of that for me has been networking. And I'm able to reach out to different people, try to help not reinvent the wheel, try to keep moving forward. But also with the Automotive Service Association, they were really big on education. And I think without education, it's hard to move forward. And I'm not necessarily talking about a college education because, again, College education, I think, did one thing for me. The education in the body shop was another. So whenever there was a free class, either myself or my parents or maybe somebody else in the shop said, hey, maybe that class would be good for you. So I would always figure out where some free classes were. And and I'm not sure if all you guys remember, especially if you're a little bit older, you would go to these ICAR classes, go to some of the free vendor supplied classes. Uh, Maybe there's some classes in your shop and you'd fill out a carbon copy piece of paper that said AMI at the top and you'd fill out the instructor name, your name, the shop name, the class you took, how long it was. And you turn that paper in. And, and I don't remember, I, I think I must've filled out hundreds of those pieces of paper and you're like, well, they, I guess I hand them in. They just disappear. Nothing happens. But, but again, most of the classes, as you guys all know, they're kind of a little rough at times. And you're like, going, oh, this is so tough. I'm having a hard time staying awake. But again, if you come away with one or two great items that would help you, it was something what I called something I could put in my mental toolbox to help me. And it was really interesting. I think it might've been a, a few years back, a handful of years back, give or take. I got a call from AMI. And again, for those of you who don't know what AMI is, it's the Automotive Management Institute. And they called me and said, hey, Dan, not only do you have enough credits for kind of your undergraduate degree in collision management, but you have enough credits for a master's degree in collision management, would you like a couple degrees? I was like, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. And it was kind of an aha moment for me over these years of taking mostly free classes. I know we paid for a few, but most of them were free because they were just offered. I was able to get two degrees from an industry related uh, learning institute, which was really awesome. And, And I honestly think Again, got my degree from University of Colorado, but I think my degree within the industry was much more helpful because I think it was for me, it, it built on maybe my my technical University of Colorado degree, 
but it was really, really industry related. So it's helped me solve a lot of problems. And it was with my peers that really helped me understand and helped me run the business better. Not still, I didn't have a lot of pain and, and I still have some pain trying to figure things out, but it sure does make you a lot more comfortable when you got to make a decision if you've had some education and some background and some real life experience on that decision. And I think that that's what, what's really interesting about your path. Having grown up in a shop myself, swept my share of uh, floors as well. But then it really, from a general manager perspective, you appreciate all of the roles within and you understand how much value each one brings to your entire team that you couldn't do one without the other. And so kind of growing up um, that aspect, you, you really see the value in your people. And like we were talking before we started, uh, just the people are what make up the small businesses. And again, growing up in, in a shop from your grandparents to your parents to now your family, you're able to pass those on. And it's kind of a legacy of what you're passing down to your children um, based off what's been passed down to you, just that hard work and putting in your dues, if you will, uh, to, to work your way up, learning things along the way that help you be a better leader, be a better manager. And then also your team appreciates because they know that, that you see value in what they did because you understand having been in their shoes before. Then I also want to touch on the education side because I feel like your degree in business administration, you know, kind of helps now in a role as you're running a business side, but really talking about the collaboration that you mentioned um, with your colleagues, with your peers, building those relationships. And I think that what's really neat uh, having had the opportunity to work with you on the collision committee too it's just that you guys are a bunch of people around the country who deal with a lot of the same issues and a lot of different issues based off the regions that you're in but that you have people you can pick up the phone and call because you've sat next to them in a class because you've met them through a virtual webinar or different things of that nature. So can you expand for our listeners kind of on what is the importance of, of getting involved maybe at the local level? Because I know you do a great job there in Colorado, but then also on the national level and what that brings to you as a general manager. Oh, that that was a lot to unpack there. So um, you kind of got my mind reeling on, on where I should go with some of this. I, I know, again, going back to my parents and being thankful uh, that they taught me that it's okay not to have the answers and it's okay to, to reach out for help to try to figure them out. And before I go into that help, I, I think it's very important to understand a lot of the answers we need to find within ourselves, within our business at times will not happen without some pain and hurt. And the only reason I say that is, is I think also not only working with the association, I'll go into a small story. I, I work with a business coach also, I think, which is a great thing because they can sometimes push you in a direction, depending on how stubborn you are, to hopefully go in the right direction to figure something out. And in regards to my business coach, it was, I've been working with a business coach for decades and it was really interesting. I remember one day again, this is a long time ago, uh, he came up to me and he said, Hey, Dan. I got all the answers for you. I'll give them to you. I was so excited. I was probably like shaking, got, got a few goosebumps. I was, my ears were open. I was ready to hear the answer to how to solve all my problems. 
and it took a little bit and he goes, ah, never mind. He goes, you got to go through some pain to figure that out. And he was 100% right. Because have you ever been in a class or been somewhere that somebody's telling you something to how to solve your problem? And maybe you're just not listening. Maybe your mind is somewhere else. Maybe you go, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. That'll never work. Which is really sad because I know sometimes when people take the time to help you and then you're not ready to even help yourself, I think it's a different mindset. So it's 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 really getting in the mindset to help ourselves. And I think that's where kind of for me, uh, especially early on in business, with my parents, the association where ASA came into play to go, hey, I bet there's some guys and gals that run shops just like you do that have dealt with the same problem. And maybe if you talk with them, maybe you might learn something. Maybe you might figure that problem out. Doesn't mean you're going to understand it right at that time or be able to figure it out at that time because you might not be at that same place that that other person is. But again, if I had to probably run this business by myself with my own brain, I think I'm a pretty smart guy. I think we all think we're pretty smart, but there's no way I can compete with other people in the industry, groups of people in the industry. And then if you want to get into, uh, you know, I, I know I'm probably changing a little subjects here, get into consolidation. And then you have teams of people that are coming up with business concepts to figure things out that maybe you think you can figure out alone. I, I'm very thankful for the the, the networking opportunities that ASA Colorado has given me and then working through Colorado and working my way up to national that national has given me, I, I know it's kind of sad. I think because at times I know quite a few of the shops in our local market, but I know so many more shops in the national market that again, sometimes maybe I, I don't want to reach out to one of my uh, local shops because you know, I don't, I don't know what's fully going on with them. And it's much easier to go, Hey, I'm going to talk to somebody in a completely different market, hear what they have to say, see if they're going through the same situation, see if they can help me figure it out before sometimes my head explodes on my own, trying to figure it out. I've been very blessed, not only with ASA Colorado, ASA national, but also my uh, brothers and sisters through fix auto. And again, then a business coach. So I'm, I'm working and volunteering, you know, with three or four areas, trying to, to figure out some of the answers, I guess, to be a little selfish, to maybe make my life a little bit easier and go, what do I have to do to better figure out problems in my business with the path of least resistance, you know, the, the path of shortest distance, because I know there's been a lot of times I've taken the long path. And, and one of the, the long paths that I'm very sad to say is, again, with my business coach, he has pushed me, he's pushed me on different things, pushed me. And, and one of the things he pushed me on was a, a book called The Goal by Eli Goldratt. And it's the theory of constraints and kind of production management. I think it took him 10 years to tell me to read that book. And finally, after 10 years, I read that book. And I'm like, oh my goodness, why didn't I not read that book before? There were so many great things in it. Uh, and I find it kind of find it sad in my life that it's taken me a long time to listen to people that tell me about great books to read because books are another area where we can learn some great concepts, not only for our personal life, uh, but in our business life. Absolutely. And I think that that's something else you mentioned in there, kind of like wanting to learn almost selfishly so that 
you can shorten the path and not always have to take the long route. But what I have loved about getting to know you is that while it may be like, okay, I've got to learn this, you do a great job of then turning it back around and giving back. So we're going to take a quick break here and hear from our sponsor, but then we'll dive back into ways that you give back, not only from the education side of things, but also to the community. So we'll be right back here with Dan Stander. MailShark is the most effective direct mail marketing solution. MailShark's weekly direct mail strategy puts you in the driver's seat, giving your shop the flexibility to spread your direct mail marketing and its cost over a weekly schedule that works for you, creating affordable marketing for every shop. MailShark's weekly strategy combined with their expert knowledge of auto repair direct mail proven best practices, and paper and plastic product options truly does set your shop up for success. Call 484-928-7790 or visit themailshark.com slash ASA for a free market analysis and samples. Also, don't forget to check out MailShark's new consumer research, Cracking the Code, MailShark has done something really cool for the industry with this research. This valuable information has key insights directly from auto repair customers to give your shop the edge. It's a must read for every shop owner. Head to themailshark.com slash ASACTC to download your free copy today. All right, we are coming back to you here with Dan Standard from Littleton, Colorado. And uh, Dan was sharing different ways, not only that he's learned from the education side uh, through his business degree, but also through training classes and AMI and talking about uh, working with his business coach and giving back to the industry, kind of learning through reading. Sometimes it takes you a little bit longer, but now narrowing in on, okay, how do I develop this plan and get to the end result on this journey a little bit quicker? So as I was saying before the break, you do a great job of taking it all in, but then also giving it back. And so kind of what are you doing there in the shop to develop the next generation? And then also um, some of the fun things that y'all are doing in the community where you're taking those life lessons that are not necessarily professional, but we're going to dive in. Uh, and I want you to tell our listeners about the Soapbox Derby and some of the things that you are teaching through y'all service there with the Mile High Derby. So I, I think the first thing that you kind of touched on, which uh, again, the education thing I, I I think is so important. Um, what I'd love to see before I go into a little bit of the education is as great as society says, college, university education is where everybody needs to be. I'm going to fully disagree with that. College and university education is not where everybody needs to be. It's not for everybody. It's It's just a different path. And again, I'm not saying education is not important. I just don't always think Again, university and college is the correct way. I think when we get into vocational schools and industry training, I think there's so many people within our country, within the world, within our community, that just basic 
very focused industry training, whether it's auto body repair, mechanical repair, maybe HVAC, maybe plumbing. There's so many great things that this country's small businesses have to offer, especially for people that are very good with working with their hands. I, I know a lot of it has to do with working with our minds too, like again, with some form of education. But again, uh, I really want to push, there's great opportunities and great pay for people that are willing to work with their hands. And part of that, what I try to do with some of my folks, and again, I'm just learning something new here recently. And again, I recently took an ICAR class. I know you're familiar with ICAR, and I'm sure I'm probably making a few people's heads pop when I say ICAR. And a few people go, oh my goodness, he just brought up ICAR. Yeah, I'm going to bring up ICAR. And again, if maybe you haven't taken a class in ICAR in the past five or 10 years, I'm going to challenge you to maybe take a class also maybe through AMI, through ICAR and, and go, Hey, let's better ourselves. But I recently took a class on how to help my people take classes and how to educate my staff more. And I don't know how many of you guys in the past, either you maybe you rule with an iron fist, you go, here's the classes you have to take period. And that's it. And then let them figure it out. I took a softer approach, which again, wasn't right either. I would apologize that I had to make them take a class. And it's, it's what was required from a training standpoint for our company, for an insurance company, maybe for uh, a manufacturer, maybe for a paint vendor. And the guys are like, uh, the guys were, as you know, upset, didn't want to take the classes. I'm not going to learn anything. It's going to waste my time. And inevitably, it seems like they always learned something. So it was always pretty good. So I finally took a class through ICAR, which I think this would be very important for anyone that's managing people. And I wish I could remember this, the, the name of the class. Maybe we'll have to get that and add that to the podcast here later. I apologize. I wasn't prepared for that. But the class had to do with how to manage and talk to your people about taking classes. And the gist of the classes that I, I use now of when I sign people up for classes and what well, I per se force them to take a class is that I am honestly bettering them. I am putting more information in their mental toolbox to help them perform that job faster, more efficient, better quality for the customer, and probably overall with less stress because of maybe this class. And again, is it going to be a half hour class, hour class, three hour class that in my opinion, if they can pick up one thing to make their life easier, less stressful, to do the job better, that class is well worth it. And just recently, I had one of my new front office staff take an introductory class to, to auto body repair through ICAR, which I thought was great. And she came up to me and was so excited. She's like, hey, Dan, I learned what an A pillar is, a B pillar is, and a C pillar is. And honestly, I was a little bit blown away. And I know I shouldn't have been blown away, but I was. And I was probably also a little bit angry. And the reason I was angry is because I think I, as a, as a leader, as a manager, took it for granted that there's some of these basic things that my people know that I'm trying to bring up through the industry. And I was probably trying to start maybe her at a, at a, a higher level than maybe what she needed to be without some basic knowledge, some basic terminology of the industry. But again, it's, it's so great when I have people that are also wanting to learn and they take the class and they come back and tell me certain things they learned. Most of the things I've already gone through, but there's a few things they catch me off guard. I'm like going, Ooh, I might need to go back and retake that class because some things have changed. And as many classes as I've taken, 
all we can definitely count on is cars, at least that we're fixing for repairs and even maintenance. It doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on. They're changing. Uh, again, obviously going from ice. I don't know how many people in, in the, the uh, listen to the podcast know what ice is, internal combustion engine. It's a tough new term that we're dealing with versus EV, you know, electric vehicle, or maybe BEV or PHEV, or there's, there's so much going on with even just basic terminology that's changing. I would challenge anyone out there. If you want to move forward in this industry or any industry, figure out who your boss is, go to your supervisor, go, Hey, can I take some classes? Do you want to blow their mind with a problem? Go, Hey, I got this problem. And if you could maybe send me to some training or send me to a class, through the Automotive Management Institute, through ICAR, through your paint vendor training, whoever it is. Again, if you want to blow your manager's mind, ask him for training so you can help solve problems. It's going to make you more valuable. And I think that then that gets passed on to the consumer as well, because there are so many problems out in the world. But if we have more people looking for solutions, then it makes our shops a better place. It makes our teams a better place. It makes our world a better place. And so I know that you and I have have talked a lot about that kind of in life as well, which is where I want to touch on something else that you guys are trying to do is make your community a better place. And so you shared with me a little bit about the Mile High Derby and a great youth organization. You work with the youth as well as their parents. And one of the things that y'all do there is inspect the cars. So tell our listeners, we got to go down memory lane with some some of the things that we've heard about from, from derbies, but they're still taking place. So tell our listeners a little bit about what it is, as well as what y'all do from an inspection point and, and how you utilize the conversations to help advance youth in life. Sure. And, and Catherine, if it's okay, I'm going to go back one quick step back to something you had mentioned, which I thought was so important that I, I kind of missed when it comes to education. One of the great things with the education, when you're learning new terms, new knowledge about the repair process or anything about cars, new cars, old cars, doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's all great stuff is how much better you can communicate with the consumer or the customer about what's going on with their car and maybe what you need to fix properly on their car with maybe some data, with some procedures, with whatever knowledge you've learned in certain classes. And again, if you're working maybe with a warranty company or if you're working with an insurance company, you have a great documentation, great knowledge on how to deal with that. So I apologize. I digress a little bit before we jump back into soapbox, but I think the consumer and consumer safety is such a big part of that to make sure we're doing our job, our job properly. So thanks for, for letting me digress a little bit. So going into Soapbox Derby, I, I might start a little bit backwards with how we got involved in that, if that's okay, Catherine, just just to kind of give a little bit of history. Of course. Perfect. So um, it was, oh man, it's probably been 15 to 17 years ago. Um, we'd had a call from, I think it was from Mr. Toman that said, hey, the, the ramps had disappeared and some of the equipment had disappeared for the uh, the soapbox derby. Jerry, my dad, is, is again, very handy with his hands. Um, if there's any type of material, he, he can make it sing and dance because he just loves working with his hands. So they said, hey, the, the, the ramps went missing and could you make some ramps? So whenever my dad is faced with a challenge like that, he's like, sure, yeah, I'll get that figured out. So uh, to, to make a long story short, he built the starting line ramps, kind of this part of the starting line, the finish line. Um, he built trailers for the, the soapbox derby to haul cars out to the track. 
He built trailers to bring the cars back up the track from when they race. There's so many things he's built super kids cars, which are cars for more special needs children. So they can also race on the track. He's helped build the stock super stock and masters race cars. He's actually built a couple adult race cars because we had so many adults that wanted to run down a track. But unfortunately, as we get bigger, we don't fit in the, the smaller kids cars. So that was, that was one of the great things over the years of just building up to help the race kind of get back off its feet because it went away from Denver. And then kind of, we helped to bring it back with, a, again, a lot of volunteers, a lot of Sertomans, a, a lot of parents, a lot of kids to get the race back going. But one of the things as Catherine brought up that we also did to, to try to, to help figure things out is we also helped run classes to build the vehicles. Cause what this does is it, it makes the father, the mother, the family. Um, sometimes it was just a mother, sometimes just a father. And then the child you'd have to, build your car. So your car comes all apart. Let's say you borrowed somebody's car. You have to take it all apart, put it back together, take some pictures during it. And it creates a great bonding between families here. We're building a project together to hopefully make a car that's maybe going to win, or maybe at least place in the, the races. So it was really good. But along with that, we'd also run tech classes to help make sure the cars were being built properly because soapbox derby if you look at some of the cars, they're they're a little bit crude because there's cables and wood and screws and relatively crude at times. But there's so many NASCAR type rules that if you have a bolt going the wrong direction, a nut placed the wrong direction, a, a washer in the wrong place, the car is illegal. Because what our goal is, is to make these cars as fair as possible for everyone. So it's not so much about the car. So now it becomes more part of the, the race driver to see how good we can have the race drivers compete against each other. Not again, not necessarily the cars. So it's, it's been a great opportunity for us to get involved in the community. If you go to uh mile high soapbox you can see probably some of the photos there of some of the kids. Uh, we, we probably have in Colorado, maybe the largest collection of soapbox derby cars in our shop that we help store. And, and it's amazing when customers come in and they see the soapbox derby cars. A lot of customers have a story. It brings back great memories for those those customers uh, versus coming in for just a crashed car. So again, soapbox derby has kind of been a, a big blessing for us uh, to not only help with the community but help with people, help with kids, and and definitely give us a, a good warm fuzzy in our hearts. So absolutely, and I think too um, building into the next generation. You know, as kids are working with their hands, they see and and because of y'all's involvement, they see that hey, this is even permanent option for us as a way to start from this and how can we work our way up and so you're you're building into them and again I think that our most valuable gift that we can give is time and so just the time that you and your your team spend your family again I know that a huge legacy impact coming down from from your grandparents to your dad to now you to be able to serve the people that support your business and and support that small business mindset within your community. Um, so I love so much of what it's always a, a treasure for me to get to hear from our members and find out again, not only the great work that you're doing on the automotive side, but just how so many of you as small business owners are turning around and giving back. 
to the people that you live with and that you're surrounded by every day. So thank you for sharing that with us. We'll also link um, the website that Dan mentioned uh, so that you guys can go on and see the pictures. The cars are all really creative. They do a great job. The kids do designing those. So we will link that for you there. And um, Dan, before I let you go, because I've taken a lot of your time, kind of staying with that give back um, mindset. Again, I we've mentioned you serve in Colorado and you serve at the national level as well. So will you tell our listeners, um, maybe other people who are on the fence about, do I have the time for this? Should I be doing this? Why did you decide to serve? And what would, what would your encouragement be to someone who's, who's on the fence about it? Wow. I, I don't know if I, I, I really want to say my real reason of why I wanted to get involved. Um, I guess it's because I was angry. Honestly, I was really angry at some of the things going on within our industry. And again, some of you that maybe listen to this might know back in the day, my passion was definitely on refinish operations. And a lot of times the insurance companies, and again, good for them. If they cut a refinished labor operation, it was like they were getting two wins and we were getting two losses. And so when they'd cut a refinish operation, they'd They''d save some money on labor and they'd save some money on materials. And honestly, that made me really angry. And so I kind of thought it was up to me being part of our industry and maybe part of the association, which this was before I really got involved much with the association. I didn't know how much they could help me. I wanted to kind of explain the difference of uh, when we repaired a panel versus paying a new panel and all the different steps to try to help educate not only the people in our industry, because I think the people in our industry that are not educated are part of the problem too, but also then educate uh, some of the insurance industry to go, hey, you know, here's the things we need to do to make this a proper repair. And and it was a great, and, and again, I apologize. All it was, was a small pamphlet of operations of what we had to do to, to deal with refinishing different panels. And it kind of went across the nation to some, some different uh, shops. And, and I think it helped a lot of people. And so that was my kind of entry into our local association. Um, and then I worked with some different folks and, and they said, Hey, you might be good up at the national level. And I was referred to the national level, but I think honestly, for me, just having the opportunity to be around some great minds and some great thinkers. If you think you don't have time because all you're doing is trying to work in your business. And I get it. I I still have the same problem at times, but sometimes the opportunity to step away and meet with some other great minds, whether it's through ASA uh, on the collision side, maybe SCRS. I know, I think there's the California auto body association and interact with some of these great people and great minds, men and women alike, because there's lots of great, uh, great in all of our industry. Please take the opportunity to possibly travel. I know it's on your dime. You get to pay for an airline ticket, maybe a hotel for a few days and some meals. And, and not only is it very refreshing, but you get to hear from people that have gone through the same trials and tribulations that, that you've gone through. So you don't know, or you feel that you're not in the boat alone. That, right there is just a huge key. But then all of a sudden they go, Hey, have you ever tried X, Y, and Z to to fix that or A, B, and C? That's what I did to fix my problem or or help deal with my problem. And all of a sudden you kind of have an aha moment where you go, when I get back, I'm going to try that. Sometimes, unfortunately, you're drinking from a a fire hose and you get overloaded a little bit and then you kind of start to 
maybe uh, excrete some water out of you because it's just too much. And then you kind of forget and get back to work. But again, one step at a time, the associations, education, training is what's going to make you better. Absolutely. And I think being up in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, kind of over the past year, just hearing from our membership, a lot of times there's so many great classes out there from the education standpoint, but where a lot of business happens and building those relationships is in the lobby, right? Um, just outside of that, in between the 15 minutes that you have in between classes, being able to, to build those relationships so that you can pick up the phone. I think sometimes, especially after going through the pandemic as well, that we feel like we're on an island and you do feel like you're alone sometimes. And, and when you realize you're not alone, like you mentioned, in having these issues that there's other people across the country that are seeing the same things that you are that are maybe facing the same problems and they have discovered hey this is a solution that worked for me give it a try maybe it'll work for you too just to be able to get that interaction to know hey you're sitting in a boat and there's like, you bring up the fire hose, but I'm going to bring up the boat and there's lots of holes and you're like, which one do I plug first? You know how to plug one. And maybe somebody down the street knows how to plug another one. And then someone in a different market can, can help you plug the other one. And so now all of a sudden, instead of three holes, you've got them all filled um, because you had the help of your network, the relationships that you've built, you've been able to capitalize. And then that advances the industry um, together. And, and that's the way that I like to look at it. It's lots of small businesses around the country, all working together with the same common goal. And, and you kind of build, it comes into my athletics background of you're building your team. Sometimes the team is right there within your four walls of the shop. But other times the team is the entire country, right? And, and the relationships that you've built there and how you can all work together to advance things for yourselves, for your businesses, for the consumers, as well as the vendor partners that we work with. So I, I love that. It, it's an interesting story that you got angry to get involved, but I love that some, that emotion. I think that I like to call it a lot of times your passion. So your passion for the projects that you saw within your, your own walls led you to making a greater impact on the industry. So we're thankful that you do serve. Uh, we're thankful that people like you are passionate about what you do and want to continue to advance. So thank Thank you from all of us here at ASA. Uh, thank you for doing what you do daily and um, again, giving back. We appreciate it. And I know so many, hopefully of our members listening can relate to that and, uh, and be like, you know what, there's, there's something that is pushing me and I want to step up and get involved too. So thank you for sharing that story. I appreciate you. Great chatting with you. And I appreciate the time. Yes, of course. And thank you all for tuning in. If there's ever a topic or a guest you want to hear from, please email us and let me know. Thank you, Dan, again, for joining us today. And thank you to MailShark for sponsoring this episode of the ASA podcast. We'll see you guys next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you are brand new to the ASA podcast, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. I am your host, Katherine Buckley-Tessum, and this podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, representing the voice of independent mechanical and collision repair professionals nationwide.